So those are the three. Always, always, always plan first. Plan around your audience, your message, and what you're hoping to achieve with the presentation. Number two, what can I say and what do I need to display or what can I remove? And then number three, one idea at a time. I think those are the three things. If people would do those three, um, I would be, I'd have a lot less work. Hey there, and welcome to yet another episode of the World of Presentations podcast brought to you by Asset Presentation Agency, 356 Labs. Um, yes, we are not only developing and training people from uh, some of the biggest brands in the world, how to prepare and deliver uh, truly effective presentations, but we also organize and host the largest presentation skills event in the world that, that's called Present to Succeed. I'm Boris, uh, the founder of 356 Labs and your host for today's episode. And with me, I have yet another incredible guest from our industry and what's more what's more everybody a fellow podcaster okay so who is he he is again a podcaster and hosts or should i say co-hosts an extremely popular podcast in the presentation space called presentation boss he's also a keynote speaker and speaks to leaders educators and salespeople about how they sometimes without even knowing uh, make their audiences suffer uh, and experience what we call in the presentation world dead by PowerPoint. And lastly, our guest is a presentation trainer and teaches people and organizations what it takes uh, to plan and deliver presentations that bring tangible results. So who is he, everyone? His name is Thomas Kraft, and I think it's high time for me to let him speak. Thomas, welcome to the podcast. It took us just three months, so uh, welcome. G'day, Boris. Yeah, it's great to finally be here and uh, ha having a chat. Absolutely. So, Thomas, everyone has a very crazy story how they ended up in the presentation world or in the presentation community or in the presentation space. What is your type of crazy story? What happened with you? <laughs> You're right, doesn't everyone have this story? Because I don't think anybody was sitting in school like one day I'm gonna teach people to speak good. It just sort of <laughs> it just sort of happened. So my background is in aviation. I left school and went and did the learn to drive aeroplanes thing for a very long time. Um and I was speaking a lot sort of by night as a volunteer and I just loved it. I always always loved it. And there was there was a lot of a lot of questioning I did in that process because I sat through a lot of presentations that were that were the death by PowerPoint, but they called it training. And I always thought like there must be there must be best practices for this. There must be a better way of doing especially PowerPoint. So when um, uh, about six years ago I met Kate Norris, who's the the, the other co-host of the Presentation Boss podcast and and business partner. And she had this background in data and uh, she was a data analyst. So her background was in presenting data, which which is equally, yeah. you know, difficult to present and had asked a lot of the yeah. same questions. We were both just loved it. And we worked out that we had something to offer and could work together. And it took us a few years to sort of niche down exactly into what we do. But very much, as you said, we teach businesses, corporations, how to plan, design and deliver their best presentations rather than the death by PowerPoint or death by far too much detail thing that we see. Well, we see it a lot. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, on a daily basis, as we like <laughs> to say in our industry, I mean, it yeah. is scary how how slowly the change is uh, how slowly the world is maturing towards that better 
direction, you know, toward that better world where there is not that much, uh, as some people call wall of text, you know, <laughs> just plain and simple copy pasted yeah. information from a book. Anyway, let's talk about PowerPoint presentations. Obviously, a lot of people are using uh, PowerPoint nowadays, a very popular tool, probably in the billions, I would guess, on a I don't know whether or not it will be on a daily basis. I don't have the data points and the research behind me to support me. Uh, but do you? Let's start there because a lot of the people that are listening to our podcast, I think, uh, when we were discussing this episode, you said that with Presentation Boss, your podcast, um, a lot of the the people that are listening to both of those are business people, right? These are not designers uh, per se, but people from the PR, from the marketing, from um, let's say IT, etc. Do you do those people need to be designers? You know, to make sure that their slides are on a top level. It's it's interesting. There's sort of two questions there, and we we deal primarily with what we call technical experts. So I come from this aviation background. Kate comes from this data engineering background. So we deal a lot with people who are technically brilliant. So uh, if you think data, aviation, engineering, accounting, um, some of those, some of those quite stereotypically introverted worlds, people deeply know their information, they live in it, but can struggle to get that information out. So that's, that's who we primarily work with. Um, we do work with, uh, you know, all sorts of teams as well. Just yesterday, we were working with sales teams, uh, which is a little bit different, but they were in the IT space. So it all, it all works out. Um, do you need to be a designer to build stunning slides? The short answer there is no. But the more detailed answer, I think, is we're not looking for stunning slides. I think if we're presenting keynotes or we're on a TED stage or we've got really high stakes, really high stakes presentations, you know, if we're looking for venture capitalism, that sort of thing, stunning can be a goal. But like we just said, it's every day. Every day we're seeing the wall of text, we're seeing death by PowerPoint, and we're seeing technically brilliant people who've never been trained into how to put together a presentation, attempting to put together a presentation, and they miss the mark. And so the, the definition, I think, of death by PowerPoint is this idea that when you've got a presentation coming up, you open up PowerPoint and you start putting your information on there. And I think there's this sort of um, subconscious belief that once you've got a PowerPoint, you have a presentation. And we know that to be empirically not the case. Not true, yeah. So what we aim for is slides or PowerPoint decks that uh, are not necessarily stunning or look brilliantly designed, but are simply not distracting. They just need to not suck. They need to support the message and the presenter and what it is they're trying to achieve. So a lot of what we teach, you know, and you know, like I've I've read all the books as well. I'm, you know, just above my my microphone is the stack of Nancy Duarte books. Like I've read them all, but what people are trying to achieve is to make presentations that land in the smallest amount of uh, sort of preparation time and effort as possible. So do you need to be a designer? Absolutely not. Absolutely not for what we're trying to achieve in in the corporate space. Just need to know some of the some of the fundamentals, some of the psychology, and the right questions to ask when you flip open PowerPoint and and you start putting together that part of your presentation. 
All right, very interesting. By the way, I, I will completely agree with what you're saying. Like the fact that like keynotes and TED Talks and all of those are completely different animals, you know? Uh, what you're saying that, hey, the design of those slides and you don't have to be, you don't have to go to that level of extreme, you know? Because that is in one way or the other, that's an extreme. Hmm. In that level, you are for sure searching for professional design help and probably you're searching for presentation design people you know because yeah. these are design is like design has so many aspects you know the user experience the websites web design whatever and presentation design it's always funny when i see it with our designers who join the team when they are first hit with a project let's say as for example venture capital and they think they come with you know like this crazy level of experience in design and then they have to prepare an otherwise PowerPoint presentation, you know, in terms of the design. And because it's just so specific, it brings there its nuances. It's all about you first understanding what these people are actually saying and what they want to convey and then visualizing it. Mm. And not just right preparing some beautiful pictures out there which do not support that speaker. Sometimes even very experienced designers are like, Wow, I didn't think it's that hard. I mean, <laughs> this not that easy. It has its own specifics, and sometimes they are very much different than web design. Or oh, sometimes, totally. of course. And I think I think UX, most etc. I think most yeah. companies that have a marketing team have a couple of designers, and the yeah. issue is, uh, in many ways, PowerPoint is the exact opposite of all the design rules that are used for print media. Uh, for web design, for most other design, because it's the mm. only one where it's not a standalone uh, item. You've got somebody presenting with it. So a lot of a lot of times, the template, the corporate templates we see, aren't setting our speakers up for success simply because the rules are, in a few ways, opposite. You know, PowerPoints yeah. want white space. PowerPoints shouldn't be on a white background. You know, like. So I totally get how uh, speakers, sales, um, uh, salespeople, um, folks presenting in meetings can be led astray simply by just a lack of education. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on because PowerPoint is obviously just sometimes we can go, as, as you said, like PowerPoint, a lot of people consider that they have a presentation because they have a PowerPoint. Uh, but let's go back a little bit to the basics first before we jump into the tool itself. Um, what are the, like in your mind, in your head, when you're working with the companies, the people around you um, and the people that you're training, what are the top three things that people should know or people should learn about design or whatever so that they are able to create presentations that do not suck and do not distract you know as you said from the message yeah and we can, we can often call them you know how do we create beautiful slides because i think simplicity is beautiful um, presentations that work you know I mean, we've all seen them we've seen a presentation and it's just it works. It's been well thought out and it's, it's a thing of beauty. And I think, you know, like if you're listening to this podcast, I imagine you, you really appreciate that because you see, <laughs> you really appreciate the, the beauty that can happen. Um, so, so three things. The first one is every time I'm working with anybody, I ask a few questions. And one of those questions is what 
what are some um, skills that we need to master to be good presenters? And nearly always, without prompting, people will say, we need to know uh, how to speak to our audience. We need to know how to listen. And it, it is then interesting to me that we end up in this situation where we start with the PowerPoint. So what I'm, what I'm getting at here is the, so the method that, um, the method that we teach is plan, design, deliver. Now design, the middle step, is where PowerPoint lives. What are we gonna do to you know, add some design to this presentation to make it come across well? The first step is always plan. And it doesn't really matter which industry we're in at all or what type of speaking you're doing, you should be planning, um, which might sound a bit simplistic to some, but it's also, knowing how to plan. And so mm. when, when I get that answer and we want to know who our audience is and we need to listen to our audience, the big thing to start with the, to, in order to create beautiful slides is to ask the right questions about who your audience is. Who are the key people in the room that I'm going to be talking to? What keeps them up at night? Where are they currently with their knowledge, their feelings and their actions? And where do we want them to be with their current actions and feelings and beliefs? So that gap there. And that is going to help us to make the decisions around what it is that goes into a presentation and what's left out of a presentation. Because you can imagine yeah. when we're dealing with uh, finance and engineering and IT, people have you know, 5, 10, 30 years of knowledge that they would love to communicate. And, and of course they would love to communicate that. I love talking about PowerPoint just the same, but at some point you have to make these decisions around what does the audience need today and what's for a different conversation, a different presentation, a different day. So planning a presentation first so that the PowerPoint ends up as being audience centric. That's the, that's the big first step. The second big tip is like you mentioned, you get the wall of text, which is your, I mean, you picture you're sitting in a, in a room, you've got a presenter, I click onto the next slide and it's, you know, half yeah. of a novel. Um, and in the worst yeah. case scenario, the presenter sort of gets suckered into reading that. And at that point, it feels like they're an overpaid narrator and that's, that's not working. And the, the big issue we have there is everybody reads at a very slightly different speed but everybody reads faster than you can speak, which means when you've got a wall of text, people are reading and they're not listening to you. And that's, that's an unfortunate reality. So, yeah. <laughs> so the question I'm always asking and always getting people to ask is when you're putting together the presentation and you're putting, putting together the PowerPoint uh, to support your presentation, what are the things in this presentation that I can say? Right? Words is the obvious answer there. What can I yeah. say? And what do I need to display? PowerPoint's a visual medium. We know that. So we need to show people things that we cannot explain using our the noise out of our face. So things like pictures, photos, um, well-designed graphs and data, infographics, uh, do I say photos and pictures? Uh, models, visual models, that sort of thing. The things that we have to show the audience that's what goes onto our slide because it needs to be the, the PowerPoint needs to exist to support the message of the presentation and be audience centric. So it's always, what can I say? What do I need to display? 
Or in other words, if you're redesigning a PowerPoint, what can I remove off this slide and it still makes sense within the context of my presentation? And, and that's going to get rid of a lot of, you know, the text usually. Yeah. The last thing that, by the way, sorry to interrupt you here. You, yes, right. Did you notice so, so much agree with, by the way, with what you're saying and waiting for the third point for sure. However, I just wanted to add here that yeah. when, when every single one of us, I think, pushes each and every customer to say, hey, what can I add without losing on the message, right? What can I, oh, what can I remove actually without losing the message? Uh, you noticed, by the way, also probably when you're doing your own presentations, I have noticed it on myself. It's very easy for us to tell it. And then when some people try to apply it, including us, I would say, sometimes it's, it is not that easy. You know, like we get, we like simplification and simplifying a slide that's otherwise, let's say, already quite simple. And you still push yourself and you're like, there is another level here. Where is the other level? Like, how can, how can I simplify it even further? That is not easy. And I just wanted to say to everyone that's listening that it's not easy for anybody. You know, like, it's not easy for us. And it won't be easy for you. It's very easy for us to say, hey, know your audience, right? <laughs> Simplify your slides. But it, that, it takes time and it takes time to us. Um, like, we are also spending the time to do that. Like, it's not an easy work. No, it's not easy work. And it sucks. It sucks yeah. to go through that process because <laughs> yep. it, it's painful, yeah. right? Because you want to share. We're, you know, as consultants, we're sharers. When you're an expert, you're a sharer. And, yeah, you, and that, that, that's a lot of what we do is helping people to make those decisions and what to kick and what to keep, you know? At some point, you've got to throw away some good stuff. But the result, the net yeah. result of that is you're only keeping the best stuff. And, yeah, it's not a fun yeah. process. And I tell people that, I'm sorry, this is going to suck. You're going you're gonna to hate me for a little bit here, but... It'll be worth it. Yeah, it is what it is. Point three. Yeah, point three. Okay, point three, super simple one to help remove the the overwhelm of of uh, slide uh, slide based presentations, and that is to have one idea at a time, one idea at a time. Um, I'm sure you've seen, and maybe you've had to present a slide where it's got like four graphs on it, or it's got a lot of text that sort of covers a lot of real estate. Um, there's a lot going on. Now, as presenters, we want to control exactly where our audience is. That is what they're looking at, what they're thinking about, what they're wondering about. We need to be able to control that so that they're with us in the presentation. When we put up a whole bunch of uh, information, we don't know where they are. They can be reading ahead of us. They can be looking at graphs ahead of us. And as soon as a presentation takes more cognitive effort to listen to and follow along with than looking out the window, thinking about lunch or scrolling through Facebook, if you know, especially if you're online, people will. So yeah. we need to make sure that we're giving people information at the rate of just one idea at a time, um, that we're effectively drip feeding our presentation to people. So one idea per slide is sort of the, um, the easy one, which is when we're asking ourselves those questions around what can I remove, having a good look at a slide deck that you have or that you're putting together and saying, is there one idea on this slide or is there two, three, four or more? So either splitting ideas out so that you can give them one 
per slide. So they come up one at a time precisely when you want or using a little bit of animation to bring in uh, the next step, the next level, um, the next data point, whatever it might be. So those are the three. Always, always, always plan first. Plan around your audience, your message, and what you're hoping to achieve with the presentation. Number two, what can I say and what do I need to display or what can I remove? And then number three, one idea at a time. I think those are the three things. If people would do those three, um, I would be, I'd have a lot less work. Yeah, completely agree. You mentioned you mentioned the word animation here. So I think it's the perfect segue to talking about the tool itself because mm. PowerPoint is obviously dominating uh, the world uh, during the conference. Uh, some of them in one of the sessions from Empower, uh, who are a great software company that's building an incredible solution uh, for PowerPoint. They actually did an industry report in regards to the um, more or less the market share. Uh, I think it was just in Europe, but I may be, I may, I'm not sure. Uh, and so PowerPoint was still, I think, above 90% market share, yeah. which is incredible. So many years, such a such a high level of such so many people still using it, and for a reason, obviously, you know, and yeah. for a reason, obviously. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, let's talk a little bit about that one, like the tool itself. What are your favorite tips and tricks that every business person? can utilize more or less immediately, let's say. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, it makes so much sense to me that PowerPoint's still the industry standard. I mean, it always kind of has been. Um, I think, you know, I've, I've dabbled in some of the others as well, some Canva and Google Slides and Prezi so that you kind yeah. of know how it works. Um, and some of those I've used for to great success, but ultimately PowerPoint does everything. It really mm. does. And I think certainly in our experience so many big businesses just live in a microsoft ecosystem every desk has yep. an office 365 subscription it integrates with their teams oh it's just i i don't know why you would do basically anything else unless you were living in an apple ecosystem or something and you were using keynote but uh um the, that's not the question at all <laughs> uh, what are, yeah. what are some tips and tricks people should utilize so again let's 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 get the foundation set up. Let's set ourselves up for success. So we've got, you know, a presentation coming up or we've got some slides that have been given to us. How do we, how do we move them away from this sucks and I can feel that it's in the way of my presentation towards something that is going to get us away from average yeah. and closer to awesome. So it's all about the setup for me, which is, if you're uh, if you're using an older version of PowerPoint, i.e., before 2016, the default screen size that it gives you is the old uh, standard definition, the four by three, which yeah, people of like my generation and older recognize because it reminds you of like 90s <laughs> Disney movies when you project it, so it's got the black bars down the side. Like a few years ago, there was still the argument that not all uh, displays are widescreen that's just not the case anymore. Like my phone is more, it's like a super widescreen, you know, TVs, projectors, yeah. they're all widescreen. So um, always making sure that you set up your slide size to be the 16 by nine widescreen. If you're in Office 365, it should be there by default, but just check it. It gives you a bit more real estate. It looks much more modern when projected and displayed onto basically every display that anybody has now. 
The second thing is, and I alluded to this before, is to go for a dark background. I'm sure there are people listening who are giving me the exact same response that a lot of people in my workshops give me, which is why? And I don't want to do that because black looks depressing. Now, I always default to black, but you know, I, I was doing some work yesterday and their default background, they went with like a real dark navy blue because it was a company color and that worked. Now, why do we have a dark background? When you have something that's very white, so that standard white background, it's exceptionally bright. And asking your audience to look into something that's exceptionally bright is just not nice on your eyes. And we also know that the human eye is attracted to large, bright, uh, moving objects, which means when you're giving a presentation, and I'm going to assume like in person here, if you're using a TV to display your slides, it's large, it will be white, and people will look at it rather than you as the presenter. Not to mention when you stand in front of it, you become a silhouette. So I say use a dark background as default. And that means when I open up PowerPoint, I literally go into the design tab, slide background, black, apply to wall, and I don't have to think about it again. It does mean, yeah, you have to have some white text, but it also means your pictures are going to stand out better. Um, you're being much nicer to your audience. Um, I would suggest people to give that a go. So widescreen, dark background. The third thing, I've got four here, right? So the third thing is to insert a blank slide. For some strange reason, and this is maybe my biggest niggle about PowerPoint, when you open it, it comes up with that slide that says uh, click to enter text, and it kind of leads you into this, this avenue of like, oh, I'll type in my title there, like excellent presentation, yeah. and then subtitle by Thomas. <laughs> um, I don't know why it does that, because like if you open up Word, it doesn't say click here to enter your book title. It just has a blank document, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So, so to unleash your creative genius, use a blank slide. Always insert blank slides, uh, and that way you can add your text boxes, your pictures, whatever it might be. You can insert that as you as you please, um, and I think it gives you a much better base to work from. And the fourth thing, the, this is a big thing I think that separates a sort of conglomerate or congealed PowerPoint from something that looks slick and professional, and that is consistency. So we, we're going to have a dark background on all slides, but now it's consistency around the font use. So if you have company fonts, use them. If not, pick one and use that. Uh, and the same for colors. Um, if you have company colors, they usually work because marketing's come up with them and they work together. Or pick a few colors that work together and use them the full way throughout. So setting yourself up for success, making sure you've got wide, the widescreen format in your slides, a dark colored background to not assault the eyes of your audience and make sure the attention remains on you. Use blank slides as default and consistency. I think those are the tips and tricks. I mean, it's not leveraging the software as sort of software, but I think getting yourself set up so that you can use the other features in uh, by doing those four things goes a huge way to making your slides look better and not suck. Yeah. Uh, for sure, the very important I think here is to just repeat to everyone that it is a dark slide recommendation and not a black slide recommendation yeah. because I think someone, some people will say, wait, uh, our brand does not have, let's say, whatever color or we cannot use black in our template. Yeah. Dark color. For yeah. sure, there is, for sure, there is something in the, hopefully, not for sure, 
hopefully you have a dark color in your brand so you can experiment but i would say for the corporate people uh let me know what you by the way think for the corporate people i would say that uh if there is nothing in the template itself i would be especially with the large corporates you know like the big 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 corporates if someone from their team is doing something in public i would say hey before you do anything in public sync it with pr sync it with brand uh the brand managers or whatever just for the sake of you being secure you know because yeah. these people will come back at you at some point when they found that you are not using exactly that template or whatever and they will be asking questions you know they yeah. will otherwise allow if you tell them why you want to do it but make sure that you have it in written okay yeah and, <laughs> and just for the sake of it Oh, totally. Yeah. They often supply templates. Um, and as long as you work within those templates, they're happy. So sometimes you get a lot of templates have like the footer down the bottom and it's colorful, but the rest is white. I have found often if you make the rest of the white, like a dark gray or the dark blue, whatever, they're happy. You just ask. I, I've I've yeah. not yet come across a PR, uh, sorry, a PR or marketing department that's, that gave me a flat out no or gave clients a flat out no. Yeah. But yeah, check. yeah exactly. But still... The respect between this is just respect for the role, right? Yeah. Hey, we're a team. Let's let's make it happen. Let's do. We are all here with good intentions, you know. Like we really want to make it right. So support us along the way, you know. <laughs> support us on this journey. Totally. All right. PowerPoint. PowerPoint. As you mentioned, Office three sixty five is just absolutely everywhere. By the way, it's stunning, right? Like it's stunning how quickly the world shifted to Office three sixty five. Mm. congrats to the salespeople of microsoft like good work everybody like come on <laughs> let's be honest here wow so <laughs> so uh powerpoint is uh powerpoint is developing in a rapid space uh rapid speed i mean since it's in office 365 since it became part of office 365 obviously uh it's adding features like crazy on a monthly basis there are new features in almost every tool that you can imagine in the office suite, including PowerPoint. What caught your eye in the last few years? What are the innovations? What are some of the innovations that you saw uh, coming into Microsoft PowerPoint and now uh, available to everyone that you would recommend people check out? Yeah, this one's this one's a super easy one for me. One of my favorite things that's come out oh, in the last 12 months i'm not super sure i'm not like the powerpoint nerd in the way that i keep up with like the latest <laughs> thing so mm. um in the insert tab is a button that says icons and it is the worst named button in the entire program because it is not icons it's like insertable <laughs> stock stuff um when you've got the basics sorted and you're comfortable putting together slides, jump into this button and have a look around. In there are, well, icons. So you like, like you click icons and this, you have a pop-up um, window with more stuff in it. One of them is unbelievably icons. So there's, I don't know how many, I'm going to guess a few thousand icons mm -hmm. in there for every possible um, theme that I could think of um, that I've, I've looked at. And it just gives you a little bit of creativity, a little bit of visual interest that you can drop into um, into slides, bullet lists, um, titles, title pages, you know, everywhere, icons. Also in there, um, Microsoft have now included a stock imagery library, so stock photography. I used to be on, you know, all the various free sites or paid sites looking for specific images. Um, and you're always across three or four sites looking for the right image. 
Um, and now a lot of that is internal in Microsoft. They have their own library um, of photos. <laughs> it's, it's as simple as that. Go in there, have a search, and you don't have to like fiddle around with browsers and searching elsewhere. Also in there, they have the cutout people, which are transparent people um, doing various actions, holding various things. I use them in probably every slideshow I put together now. That is a fantastic <laughs> thing to go play with. And then I think on the far right in that tab, there's a few other things, but the far right one is patterns, which is a little bit like Canva-esque. They have like 2D patterns, funny shapes, blobs, stuff that just adds a bit of visual yeah. interest that like Canva has always been good at, but now Microsoft is starting to catch up. So I reckon, yeah, if you want to go have a play with some stuff in PowerPoint, that's where you do it. Go into the design tab and then click icons it's next to the 3D models yeah. button. I haven't thought about the fact that it's indeed it's not icons only in there. Like there are also videos in there. Yeah, stock videos. That's right. Yeah, that's crazy. The fact that the, that's yet another example of Microsoft not naming their things in the correct way. <laughs> now, that, now that you've complimented Microsoft, let's get a now we've got a good word in. Let's tell them to rename that. Um, name, so. I'm, uh, we <laughs> talk with the product group from now from time to time as MVPs, and yeah. they know that we love them. <laughs> but <laughs> when they're doing a good job, we are going to admire it very like a lot, and going we are going to tell the whole world. But then when there is something that could be better, we I don't do it anymore that badly uh, because of time restrictions, etc. But uh, normally, when you have power, uh, when you have the MVPs, MVPs are very passionate about the product, yeah. you know, and they won't be, you know, oh, we won't tell Microsoft just because we're MVPs or whatever, or I don't know. Like it's actually vice versa, you know. Yeah. The, the yeah. MVPs are very vocal in <laughs> regards to saying, "Hey, this sucks." You know, fix it. <laughs> so yeah. It's anyway, any it, any it, other? Yeah, go ahead. I was like, it's great functionality. Like, I love what's in there. I have literally no complaints. It's just the worst named button. And as soon as I told people, yeah, click icons. Like, I don't want icons. Click it. I'm like, oh right. <laughs> oh right. There is photos yeah, yeah. here, videos and more. All right. By the way, they're really they with that one. They're really doing some really cool work though because hmm. they're. Purchasing the licenses, they're owning the licenses, meaning that it's everything is completely free for uh, everybody there indeed. And they, the icons, if you think about it, those are SVGs, meaning scalable mm. vector graphics, meaning you can stretch them, color them from inside of PowerPoint. Pull them apart. Crisp and clear. Yeah, I mean, it's super nice. Any other feature that caught your attention or that you're utilizing on, I don't know, daily, weekly, monthly basis? Anything else? Uh, yeah, I mean, and this, is, this one's going to be the same as I think anybody who's ever played with PowerPoint um, on this level, and mm. that's the morph function. Oh, oh the, my the goodness. morph transition. So, I mean, uh, I've talked about this a little bit more in depth on our podcast as well, but when you're in a stage where you're trying to get your slides to be seamless from slide to slide and make it not look like PowerPoint, I mean, it gets rid of so much stuff, like all your all, all the animations that used to be your um, uh, the motion paths, the zooms, the yes. pans. It's just one click from slide to slide. It's just this smooth morph. I, I love that experience. button. Yeah, um, but it's <laughs> I think experience. Yeah, yeah, but I think it, it's it's a it, we're getting towards like fancy design when we start playing with Morph, I mean, certainly the level we play with, it's exceptionally rare. I get to talking about Morph with our clients, um, more just about simple transitions and animations, but I, I like Morph. I use Morph in my presentations and when I build stuff, um, yeah, it's cool. 
What is the reaction of your clients when they see Morph, by the way? Are they like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those It's one of those things. We use it. I use it in the, the presentations that I deliver or the training I deliver. All right. I will use it sparingly to help with the with the storytelling with the presentation rather than a sort of you know that design masturbation thing that we sometimes see um i generally don't teach it unless i've got a individual client that's at that level but i mean obviously people see see the stuff i build and it's like oh that's cool you know like you've done some fancy stuff that looks really good um but i mean the other the risk we run especially with morph is it's only available on pretty new versions of powerpoint if someone's running an old machine you're going to get a fade. I think it defaults to, and that's sometimes breaks, so to speak, the presentation. True. Absolutely. But still the icons, which yeah. is not icons and then the morph <laughs> transition, not only icons. Okay. Let's be correct here. Let's be honest here. It's not just icons and the morph transitions are indeed big ones. Yeah. I would say that so that we can add it to three, I would say that nowadays I get more and more interested in looking what's going to happen with the present life or PowerPoint life. Mm. I think that new feature will be very interesting. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm also curious to see how the corporate world goes with it, having in mind that it's going to be integrated with Microsoft Teams very, very well. And having in mind, obviously, that Teams is being utilized, in, as you said, like mm. so many people use it. On a daily basis, <laughs> on a daily <laughs> yeah. basis, I'll be curious to see what's going on, what's Absolutely. going to happen there. All right, all right, PowerPoints and many other things. So, what one of the questions that we always ask our guests is, who else should we get on this podcast? What do you think? Somebody. This is, by the way, this is somebody that made an is from the presentation space in one way or the other, be that a software provider or just a presentation person or someone from the business world, the people around you that you, let's say, trained and they did a huge progress. You saw them doing some damage on stage or in a virtual call or they shot, uh, sent you an email saying, hey, we want that deal or whatever that you want to kind of showcase to the world, whoever, you know, like just somebody that made a great impression on you. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, I mean, I think the obvious one to me is you need to get my business partner, Kate Norris on, uh, and the, also the co-host of the Presentation Boss podcast. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it's such a such a wide and diverse industry. I mean, I, I've got a couple of names of people who I think are from the industry that specialize. So one mm -hmm. of those will be a guy called Matthew Dix. Um, I'm not sure if you've oh, ever right. heard of him. Matthew is nope. from Connecticut in the United States of America. He is an absolute champion of storytelling. I'm going to show you. I actually have his book. He's written the book on how to tell stories. There it is. All right. Yep. So, so he worthy. runs. He is a co-host of the Speak Up podcast. He has won some uh, huge amount of like moth story slams. He teaches workshops. He has a podcast. Um, yeah, how to tell stories to sort of any audience he's your guy um and the other one i want oh, i want to recommend is if you haven't already had grant baldwin i'm not sure if you have uh say the name again grant baldwin because from, i'm writing down okay <laughs> um so grant baldwin hosts the speaker lab podcast which is all about getting oh into no i haven't got him still no yeah okay so he's all his podcast is about getting into the professional speaking uh, speaking as a professional but what i really like about him 
Um, we had him on our podcast, which aims at the corporate market, because I really like his philosophy on what makes a professional speaker. I, I love yeah. the angle he comes at from that. So I think he's absolutely worth hearing from as well. All right, brilliant. Kate will be on the podcast, that is guaranteed. Uh, but yeah, cool. Matthew and yeah, yeah, we need to figure the other two guys uh, <laughs> at some point in the future. <laughs> I will try to reach out uh, to both of them, to be honest, or I was somebody on our team to spam them uh, somehow <laughs> in a pleasant way, you know, like not be that crazy. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Final question, uh, Thomas, for you here in the podcast, because it's already 40 minutes. We can speak about presentations, obviously, for hours and hours. What is the best place? It's a two-part question, okay? So stay with me. (laughs) So what is the best place for people to connect and where can they learn more about what you're doing with uh, Kate? Yep. So the best place to connect is either through our website, presentationboss.com.au, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Thomas Craft, K-R-A-F-F-T, where you can learn more about me, if not from those. We do have a podcast. It's uh, If you're listening to this podcast, you'll probably find it in the same player. Uh, it is called the Presentation Boss Podcast. We have a rotating format. Um, we've got 100 episodes out there. We're currently on a short break, but uh, you've got like, I don't know, 80 or 90 hours to catch up on speech breakdowns, um, (laughs) discussions, expert interviews. So presentation boss podcast. Brilliant. And by the way, there was this funny, maybe we have to, we have to say that one. Uh, There was this funny moment. I like we were recording this on May 13th, um, 2021, just for the record. record. Uh, What was it? Was it like two or three months ago when at least I, I believe everyone uh, who is running a podcast received this email from somebody, uh, the website was called Feed. Was it, what was the, what was the category like feeds, not Feedspot? I have to double check. I I already mentioned it in the previous episodes where there was a, there was, which is the most, what was it, the most popular podcast or the most important, I don't know, something like that uh, for the presentation world. And the presentation podcast, which is run by <laughs> Nolan, Troy, and, and Sandy is number one. You guys are number two. Really? And then we turned out to be number three. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's, like, what's going on? But everybody, uh, Thomas and Kate are doing an incredible job with their podcast. Again, as he says, 80 or 90 hours of content for you to catch up on it's a lot so check it out subscribe to the pod their podcast also and listen to it all right Thomas, that was a lot of fun a lot of fun if i would say that if people have any question in regards to what you covered and what we covered today they should be absolutely free to write us on any social media i'll make sure that uh, you see the question if it's in some strange place or in, you're not tagged in a way. So thank you so much for joining. You know, that was super, super nice. No worries. Thank you so much, Boris. It's been good fun talking about presentations and uh, PowerPoint as always. Yeah, we'll have to do it again at some point in the future too. But in the meantime, again, everybody, uh, all of the links of what Thomas is doing will be in the show notes, will be in the blog post accompanying this podcast. Check them out. Check their uh, podcast for sure. Check our website, 356labs.com and the conference present to succeed, which is coming up in April. It's always in April. So check it out if you don't, if you still don't know about it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. Subscribe if you like it and share it with a friend. We would appreciate it. Okay. See you in the next one.